What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there. Or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And uh, that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels and uh, just help strangers find the podcast. Great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and uh, really appreciate the folks that have already taken the time to do that. Can't stress the importance enough of those iTunes reviews. And uh, if you can't leave an iTunes review, then uh, just subscribe from whatever uh, podcast platform provider you're using. Just hit subscribe or follow there if you're listening on Spotify, which is it's there now, along with some uh, monthly playlists that I've been dropping. One just came out on March 1st, so I'll put the link in the episode notes for that along with the uh, the Dan Cable Presents mugs. And you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio and live show performances from all genres of music. So that is all there. And I'll also place in the episode notes the link for my guest this week, who is Somerset Thrower from Long Island, New York. Super stoked to have these dudes on the podcast. I've been... Uh, listening to their most recent record pay my memory so much and is easily one of my favorite records that came out last year and uh something that grabbed me really quickly and uh 
Yeah, since it came out, I don't know that there's something I've listened to a whole lot more than this this particular record. So uh, this year has been all about just kind of chasing down the bands and artists that I really fucking dig right now or have had a big inspiration on me or an impact on me growing up. And, uh, yeah, so it was really cool to, to get these dudes on the podcast and, uh, for them to kind of just like talk to me about the Long Island, New York scene and, uh, how important that was to them as kids growing up. And yeah, all these dudes have been playing in bands for a really long time. And, uh, they started this band Somerset Thrower back in 2013 or so maybe a little bit before and uh they've put out a couple really really fucking killer full-length records over these past couple years and i would highly recommend checking out both of them godspeed came out in 2018 and then um yeah pay my memory that that came out last year and there there's some other tunes to check out as well it's all on the uh the streaming services but yeah, I think this music covers a lot of different genres and just like really got me hyped about um that that era of of grunge music in the early 90s and and stuff that that carried out through throughout the late 90s and uh just reminds me a lot of my favorite bands from from those genres and and also stepping into some more punk rock and and post hardcore stuff as well so uh just uh some really fucking good tunes and uh just had a cool time just kind of kind of doing the hang with these dudes i caught them right after one of their band practices and uh just uh you know typical goofy band shit you know constantly ragging on each other and uh yeah, it was it was uh it was cool to get to hear how they got together and and just how uh how much of being in a band is just a part of these dudes' lives and and what they do whether uh whether it's a full-time gig or, you know, or you know, they all have jobs or whatever. It's just this is this is what they've all done since they were teenagers and uh it seems like this is what they're gonna keep doing and it's rad because they're making really cool music right now and uh stoked to share it stoked to share some tunes and uh the the conversation that i had with these dudes you know the uh zoom hangs can uh can be a little rough sometimes trying to do the the full band thing but uh, i thought we uh I thought we had a good time hanging and um it's been super rad recently to have so many East Coast bands on the podcast. So uh I wanna keep that rolling and keep keep spreading out that way. So if you know other artists on the East Coast, please do uh hit me with an email, dancablepresents at gmail dot com or just tag me on Instagram with uh with a band. Uh, always looking for new artists to to check out and whatnot and if you dig this somerset stuff definitely uh grab a vinyl grab a pay my memory vinyl um out on on dead broke records and triple b records 
they've got some other merch as well to check out. So, uh, yeah, definitely give these dudes a follow if you dig what you're here. And uh, we're going to get into this thing. Episode 244, Somerset Thrower from Long Island, New York, is on the show. And we are going to kick it off with the first track off that Paint My Memory record. One of my favorite tunes off the record. And it's called Too Rich to Die. Let's do the damn thing.
him and the glass hits got it on. Um, well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to chat with me. I came across your band kind of randomly. Um, I know this dude Joel who uh, has this underground vinyl Instagram account and he posts a lot of music that I like and he happened to post your paint my memory record and just kind of anything he'll post if I haven't heard of it I'll usually go check it out and uh yeah I I heard the first two tracks too rich to die and 422 and before I even listened to the rest of the record I bought a vinyl and was just like pretty pretty all in from the get-go so yeah i've been listening to your your record quite a bit it's been in heavy rotation i've kind of gotten this habit where i have to like i listen to those those two tracks at least before i go to work almost every day or whatever it's just become very uh a part of my day hell yeah it's awesome yeah i happy to hear that yeah thank you that's awesome for sure so i'm super stoked to chat with you guys because you were definitely someone I didn't know about at all. So, uh, I know you guys are from the long Island, New York area. And, uh, did you all kind of grow up there? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of us did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Long Island's kind of a weird place. It's like one geographical area, but there's like what, 2 million people or something. You know, there's a lot of people in Long Island. And so, like, each town is kind of like its own little little city or something, so to speak, you know? For sure. And uh, these, I grew up in a, in the middle of Long Island. And there's two counties on Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk, and I grew up in Nassau County. And so I didn't really, we didn't grow up together, like, go to school together and all that stuff because it's just, like, so many people that, you know, if you don't live in the same neighborhood, you'd never cross paths. But we all met through going to hardcore shows and punk shows and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, Tim and Frank, they've known each other and Connor known each other longer than I've known them. So maybe they have. Yeah. I don't really, we don't really know John that well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of feeling out. Yeah. yeah. We learn something new about him every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so was the, like the scene, the music scene was was pretty accessible, and there was a lot going on in that area when you guys were very much teenagers so. and in high school and whatnot. Yeah, we were pretty much going to shows every weekend for yeah. you know four or five years. When we were in high school and college, and started playing shows. I don't know how old am I? Yeah, yeah, a long time. Ago. Yeah, seventeen years ago, sixteen years Probably, ago, something yeah. like that. And pretty much haven't stopped since then. So, yeah. it, you know, five, six different bands over that time. But we were just Tim's literally about- been in every single Long Island band from like 2003 yeah. to <laughs> till now. Yeah. yeah. Now, Tim's been in a lot of bands. They, they're all, uh, they're Connor all and Tim really used good. to play in a band called Caught Up. And yeah, then yeah. after that, Agent. Um, yeah. And then Tim is in a bunch of bands like... Thieves and Assassins and Bastard Cut and uh, all these Long Island bands, you know, that people probably don't know about in times of war. Some good shit. For sure. But uh, we've all been going to shows. You know, Tim kind of got me into it when I was very young. And Connor was, you know, Tim became friends with Connor and we all just went to shows together. You know, that's how we all got to, you know, become best friends. 
with Long Island, I mean, you're just like playing in all, like, especially Tim is playing these a million bands and stuff, but like you just meet other people and stuff. But I think that's kind of, I mean, we had known John like a few years before, but yeah, kind I of. think we had mutual friends. Yeah, we have mutual friends and stuff, but I think it was because you were working with Jess. Yeah. Uh, at Starbucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There were, over the years on Long Island, there would be like a venue or two that would be active for a time. And that's where all the shows were, you know? So for a while there, when we were like in our teens, um, you know, a, a lot of the, the hardcore and punk like tours, summer tours and stuff all came through Long Island, which was awesome. You know, we had a really good venue uh, for a few years called the Local 7 where a ton of touring bands would play. And um, that was just kind of like the, you know, that that's the common denominator for all of us. You know, we all just kind of met doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Were most of you already playing an instrument before you started going to these shows or was going to those shows kind of the thing that kind of ignites your interest in like, yo, I want to fucking be in a band and play music with people and, and play shows. Um, I was already playing like, um, I, pr- I learned to play every Blink-182 song when I was like 12, yeah. <laughs> which uh, yeah. it really paid off a lot. So You play, just, and, you play drums just and, like Travis Barker. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim has a rotating yeah, cage like and Travis shit. Parker. Yeah, he has some I, weird tattoos. Yeah, too. I'm also a plane crash survivor. People love me for it. Um, but I think, I'll, I think all you guys played insurance before you went yeah. to shows, right? At least, right? Yeah, yep. I I had a guitar, but then I think shortly after I started going to shows and stuff. But I uh, I played guitar and went to like guitar lessons for like three months. I learned how to play <laughs> Boston more than a feeling, and I was like, I got it from here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set, actually. I won't yeah, be coming yeah, back heard, next week yeah. or the week after yeah. that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Give me my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about Somerset Throwers is that we all kind of played different. Like our primary instrument wasn't what we play in this band. You know, like Connor played guitar and agent. And before that, he just played guitar, you know, that's strictly. And uh, I played bass originally and never really sang. And then, uh, and Tim was a bassist too in bands, you know, and then he started playing drums. So we all kind of switched. And John just is a, is a guitar virtuoso, so he just stayed with guitar. John's a nat- natural born guitar player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> I've been working really hard at trying to play guitar my whole life. <laughs> we you make, make it look, it look easy, so Dave. easy, John. Yeah, dude. yeah. I don't know what it, I, I grew up. I think like these guys. We all kind of had music around, you know. Like I, there were guitars in my house when I was a kid, and but. You know, I, so I always played and wanted to play and took lessons and stuff. But when you go to a show, like a local show, and you see a, either if it's like a local band that of like high school kids playing in front of people, that was like the moment where you're like, oh, I can do that. Like, I don't have to be on MTV. Like, I can just go and play my guitar. You yeah. Know? So that that was definitely important. You know, even if you didn't already played, like seeing people play was huge. Yeah. And John, were you kind of always that dude that had a pretty good ear for you know finding the leads in tunes when when someone would play something for you did you kind of um, always gravitate towards being that lead player i guess so yeah i mean i took guitar lessons for a long time 
and um i've forgotten a lot of that stuff but at one point i did like know the scales and like read music and all that kind of stuff so i think like i just kind of gravitated towards that style and i you know i never really like was the type to sit down and like write a chord progression and like try to sing over it i kind of just like you know riffs and you know solos john brings our cool factor up like you know 20 percent. he's that guy so it's pretty good yeah yeah he always looks way cooler than you guys on stage yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, there's no question. There's no question. Maybe. So you guys obviously like knew each other for a long time before you even started forming the Somerset Thrower stuff. I know like those, even those two early demos go back to 2013. So, you know, at least eight years or so back. Um, so what kind of brought the four of you together to start writing music together? I think all this, uh, Connor and I were in a band called Agent that broke up in 2012. Uh, Frank was in a band called Halfway to Hell Club that probably broke up that year or the year all before that. And John was in a band called Polygon. So like all the, all of our bands broke up within, you know, six months or whatever. And me and Frank um, wanted to try something new. And I was originally going to play guitar, but then, uh, right. I don't, did, we, did we get John? first or connor first i don't remember i think you were just like connor i think we were just like connor's gonna play bass in this band it's just gonna be fun and (laughs) that's it i'm just gonna get connor in here yeah we actually jammed once just the three of us i don't know if you remember that but yeah 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 so connor brought this up before but tim and my then girlfriend now wife were working together at a starbucks near where i was living and um Tim and I, like, we had mutual friends. Like, Tim's best friend and my best friend were also in a band called Backtrack. And um, we'd been, like, going to the same shows our whole lives. But we never were, like, friends, really. You know, we kind of knew about each other, I think. But I would go in there, hang out with, with Jess, and then I would get start talking to, to Tim about, like, I don't know, George Harrison or, like, you know, some something like that. And then... Uh, I think you brought up to me, just like, hey, I'm going to do this thing with, with Frank, and, you know, he wants you to come and play. And we had this, we actually all had the same practice space. I forgot about that. So, like, kind of, like, similar to, like, the Long Island thing, again, it's like there was one building where everyone practiced, and we actually all had the same room. It was a huge practice space room that we all shared with our various bands. There was, like, six bands in there. And then, so when all our bands broke up, we still had this practice space, and we're like, "Well, let's just fucking go to the practice space and, and play." And then, you know, and then Connor was just there one day. <laughs> yeah, I was just happy to be. I was just happy to be included, like you know? a fucking genie. He granted us three three wishes. Well, I, Connor, and I have pretty much been never not been in a band together since two thousand and three. Yeah, it was. Oh, obvious to me that he was always going to play. And never right. not live together either. Same. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's less true, but yeah. <laughs> well, remember, we had the band The Trade originally with, uh, that was uh, the first, maybe not the first band that you played drums in, but we, you know, we weren't serious. We didn't record anything, but I remember that, like Tim was playing drums. I was playing bass. Connor was playing guitar. And then the agent started and Connor was like, this band's probably going to be cooler. <laughs> So we'll do that. Agent, and the agent started. Agent started before agent started the trade. Before, yeah. yeah, definitely like a little bit yeah. before, you know, not much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was, yeah. 
but yeah, it's, I mean, like everyone said, I mean, we've just been playing in bands and it's like all cross-sectional and you just start to, and then it was a perfect storm where everyone's bands broke up and it was just like, we got this room, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we weren't done, you know what I mean? Playing a band, so. Yeah. And you guys all like kind of dug each other's bands that you were playing yeah. in and yeah obviously we all played together yeah like you yeah. said frank yeah. like you guys were in the room playing some music together at times maybe it never like became anything but right, right. Our, our bands would play shows together and we yeah. would definitely yeah we would play shows with each other's bands often and yeah. agent and my band old band polygon actually did yeah. split split seven inch together so you know we were all yeah in the same kind of circles anyway yeah yeah so when you guys got it going did it make sense pretty quickly like was they're like pretty easy to you know create music together and the chemistry was all kind of there because you just have been hanging around each other for so long uh i'd say so i mean i think it was like you know we had all been bands before this before this one so it was just like very easy to mesh everyone's taste together and stuff like that so i mean you know if someone would come to the table with a riff and we would just jam it out for like you know an hour or so and just make a couple of songs i think the first like four or five songs we ever wrote together nobody's ever heard so i mean it was just like we spent like the first like year or two just kind of getting everyone else's like getting on the same level and everything so i think after the first couple of years we were pretty much in the same pocket yeah you guys are obviously you know four people that really enjoy playing music if you've been doing that long and then it i don't know you have those breaks and bands break up and whatnot and just to like keep going and start new projects and whatnot um can anybody speak to like what that is and just that that pull to want to keep playing in bands and keep making music with people yeah we never took it too seriously you know we just do it because we enjoy it and you know we can't really tour that much you know we do we would have you know like to do a little more touring you know this year but uh obviously shit's crazy but you know we always just did it because we liked it we would just record you know and the most write simplified songs. version of coronavirus. Shit's crazy. I don't gotta talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, I, I actually I would love to hear you talk about it. <laughs> Don't make me get scientific I, on you. I remember I remember talking to Tim at that Starbucks and having a conversation and being like, I think we were like what, twenty-five or something or twenty-six at the time and being like, Yeah, twenty-four, twenty-five, and and thing like our bands had broken up and we're just like, I don't wanna stop like I just, I, all I do is play in band, like I go to work and, and like play in a band and, and that's kind of true for all of us. We've been doing it since we were like, you know, probably 12 years old and, and we almost kind of felt like, well, all right, this is like going to be the next thing that we're going to focus on. Like, we're going to start this new band. We're going to start from scratch, like, um, and s- see what we can do. But I think we would be doing it like regardless, you know, whether or not people were, you know, if we were putting records out and people were into it or not, it's just something that we do, you know? Yeah. It was kind of like, if we didn't start a band, I was probably never going to be in a band ever again if we didn't do it. You know, it was like getting to the point where I was, you know, 25 and it's like, 
you can't really stop. And then like when you're 28, go be in a band again. I don't think I would, it would work for whatever reason. And when our, when, at least when agent broke up, I feel like I still had more to give to like, you know, putting out new music and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's why, like when that was over, it was natural to just be like, all right, who's around? Yeah. Like, and it just really worked out that these three guys. Yeah, that we all like. Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was him asking you about what you thought about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and you fucking asked and answered, bro. So yeah. you're good. We, we all kind of have uh, similar sensibilities, too. Like, we didn't really talk about what the band was going to sound like. We kind of just... You know, Tim and I were writing parts. I remember when he had he had broken his foot or his ankle or something like that, right? And then uh, we were writing a lot. Ankle. Yeah, we were writing a lot at his house. And it was like, you know, early on we were like, oh, let's like, you know, we should sound like Fugazi. We should sound like Built to Spill. Or like we were like kind of like like saying what we should sound like. But like really it just kind of came out. The kind of shit we write, you know, it's just uh, yeah, we kind of have, we all kind of write that way. And, you know, it's it's cool. It's fun to write with, you know, four, you know, people get all these different ideas and perspectives you know absolutely i was pretty taken taken back by the sound that you guys put out i think it's uh it reminds me a lot of of a lot of stuff that i like but i think it also feels like pretty unique in some ways like i don't know i i haven't i haven't heard anything that like reminds me of the early to late nineties grunge and alternative rock that I grew up with. You know, I think I'm right around you guys the same age. I might even be a few years older, but like, yeah, like I get those, those Nirvana vibes, like the rawness of like a bleach recording and like the first Foo Fighters record, but then also like the Fugazi shit and then bridging that gap into like maybe even some of the more like, emo pop punk like the sunny day and like jimmy world's clarity and like things of that nature so there's just like so much in the in yeah. the music that i really dig thanks man, thanks, man. We're, yeah, we're all music it. lovers you know we love all that stuff for yeah, sure i think you kind of hit on a lot of those those touchstones you know uh we like obviously like everything you know listen all of us listen to tons of different stuff but when it came down to like what we were playing when we were younger, like punk and kind of hardcore or melodic hardcore and stuff, like it was just in our wheelhouse to go to like the next, you know, logical step from there with those types of bands that were influenced kind of by the same, you know, earlier stuff that we were. Yeah. Do you guys feel like as you get older, obviously, obviously there's like some more maybe like life time constraints as you get older, but do you feel like it's easier to, like manage relationships within a band as you get older and get to kind of set aside some of the, like the ego bullshit and things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ego yeah, in this definitely. fucking band. I mean, yeah. Frank's got a real fucking attitude problem. I, <laughs> I got that sense. Yeah. <laughs> One of these guys is out of control. I'm a Virgo. I'm not yeah. I think uh, Frank and I got into one fight at when we were recording the first record, but other than that, it's been pretty chill. It's like John, can you just <laughs> not <laughs> there right now? Can you just not? 
Yeah, we, I mean, we did kind of get into like a beef for like a day. Be, I think that there would be no like bad blood between anyone in this band because it would go like half an hour before we start laughing at it. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. yeah. We've never we're, gotten no. real. We've never gotten we're like mad at each other to the point where it's yeah. like, I'm not speaking to that person. And it's not like a grudge. No. It's usually yeah. after like 30 we, minutes. It's just like, we're laughing outside of the parking lot or whatever. I mean, who's got time for that shit? I don't yeah. have time for that shit. Like, yeah. We literally, me and Tim have literally like slap box. Me and Tim have known each other <laughs> since we're like 13, 14, or 12 and 13, maybe. And like, you know, we've all our friends from like Lindenhurst, the town that Tim and I grew up in, we're all like such fucking, we're all great friends. We're like brothers, but like we fucking used to fight all the time, you know, like, <laughs> but in, within the band, it's like, we're all fucking, everyone's fucking great. You know, the, we don't no. fight like that, you know, and we'd also, you know, well, yeah, like Tim said, we, we all have full time jobs, you know, yeah, we all have lives. We have a good time. I do this for fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It, this yeah, isn't like a job, out. so it's just like why yeah. make it in? We've something? we've never made a fucking cent off of any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Anything that we do, like generate, is just going back into the band. And we all, like I said, we all have full time jobs and you know, fiancés and wives and girlfriends and stuff. And you know, so it's just like when we make time to practice and be in the band or play shows or whatever. It's just it's, it's all fun, purely fun, really. Have you guys been able to play much during the during the COVID shit? Um, we didn't do anything. Well, yeah, it depends. <laughs> like, are you guys still rehearsing? Like, obviously, you're not playing a bunch yeah, of shows yeah. and shit. We, but like, are you able to like get in the room? We and... didn't. No, we didn't. For no, a while, we didn't but... for a yeah. while. And then in August, we got a new uh, rehearsal space and. Um, yeah, we were there once a week if we can. Sometimes yeah. we we can't, but you know, we we practiced today. Yeah, for this. So yeah, it's like one of those things with you know the way, especially in New York, because we got fucking hammered with with COVID. But um, it's the only thing that we really do. <laughs> you know, like some of us have to go into an office. Some Connor and I work from home mostly. You know, Tim and Frank have to go in. They're they're vaccinated now, which is great, but. You know, so it was just like the one thing we all agree we're going to do is like, all right, we're going to like do our job, stay home, and then we're going to practice when we can. And we've all, you know, been really responsible about doing that. And it's, thank God, because it's been like the one thing to like focus on, you know, and, and have fun with. Yeah. Um, but when we recorded this record, it was like the fucking, like COVID was like breathing down our necks. It was like, right before shit got super super serious and we were like well all right let's just go record we'll make the record and then we'll like we'll play shows in the summer like it'll be fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) how wrong we were yeah yeah so did it just kind of get to a point where it was like yeah we can't wait any longer to put this out like we just have to yeah we all kind of agreed we just talked about it like let's just do it fuck it whatever but it's been good it's got a good you know yeah I mean, I don't think anyone knows when, like, that regular cadence of, like, release, tour, whatever, blah, 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 is ever going to come back. And, like, we we sat on it throughout the summer, and then it, we were like, you know what? I don't want the year to be over, and we didn't put it out. And so we just said, fuck it. I'm just going to put it out. And the labels yeah. were cool with it, thank God, and, and they supported it. And, and it, it's done pretty good. I think, you know, 
you know, whoever did put music out during this past like 12 months or whatever, it's, it's been a gift, you know, like, and people absolutely like people are definitely like waiting for, for shit to focus on and get psyched on. And I think, you know, in some very small way, you know, we, we benefited from that, which was cool. Yeah. I think this is a great time to put out music still, you know, it sucks that you can't go and play shows to support it in any way. But, um, I did watch the, that live set you guys put up and I thought that came out really fucking dope. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. The sound on that was, was very cool. Like it captured, like I felt like a similar energy of the record, but then also you, you captured some, some live show energy, which I think is hard to do when you're not really playing in front of anybody. Yeah. We were playing in like front of four people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were lucky. We were lucky enough that our friends own a brewery, 27A Brewery in Lindenhurst, and they were game for having us do it there. And then uh, Lee from Four Chords Media did the filming, and Anthony Corallo did the uh, the actual uh, audio. sound audio. Yeah, he recorded our first record. Too. Yeah, so it was like a yeah. Everyone pitched in and it came out great. We're very happy with it. Yeah, that was awesome. And shout out to uh, Nate from SOS Booking, too, who put us on there, which was cool. You know, because I, I don't think we would have had really the opportunity to do it otherwise. It was just, you know, he kind of threw it out there and we we're like, well, all right, let's see if we can make it happen. And that was awesome. So very stoked we got to do that. Yeah, Anthony's done like a couple things with you guys then, as far as engineer. Mm-hmm. Yep. He did our uh, first record. He did our demo, right? And he did our LP, Godspeed. And then uh, we just put a, a cover track out um, Friday to benefit Amityville Music Hall. We covered a Vitreous Humor song, and, and he engineered that, too. Anthony is another... He's just, like, from the same scene as us, you know? I met him when I was 13 years old, you know? And... Uh, He's just been, he's been in bands. He plays, he plays drums in Sheer Terror. He plays drums in Kill Your Idols. He's been in a million bands. And he's just, uh, he's my best friend, you know? He's, just one he's of a ridiculous guys. person. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> Is he also yeah. in the Too Rich to Die video? Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 That's right. All right. He's the pizza boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching, the best. Yeah, I was watching something earlier, and then I was, yeah, I was kind of like looking up things, and I was like, "That's the fucking guy from the from that video." That's him, man. That's yeah. Tom, we call him Tone. Yeah, I know that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Tone. And you guys, do you guys do like a lot of self recording as well for the other projects that are, that have been put out, or is there usually someone else that's taking care of that? Yeah, uh, Phil Douglas from Iron Sheik and Ladderman, who's a good friend of ours, um, recorded a bunch of stuff for us to the EP and uh, the the split we did with Mouth. Yeah, um, and he did Rain, that um, those two songs on that cassette.
great track. Rain is oh, thanks. a killer song. I went I went deep on the catalog, man. Oh, cool. I, you know, I, I listened. Thanks. I listened. I mean, I've, I've been listening to Pay My Memory a lot just over the last like few months or whatever since I became aware of it. But uh, this last week and especially today, I've just been kind of listening to all the Somerset thrower stuff today and uh, kind of dove into that Falling Swingers EP. Oh, nice. I think that has yeah. like some killer songs like that Pumpkins cover you guys did of Stumbling is like that. That was a really cool idea, I thought. Bottoms in the bathroom, shaking out the loose Sally's in the stirrups, claiming her destiny. That was yeah. Tim's idea, yeah. That that came out really cool. People really liked that early on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Phil did. Phil, that was Phil Douglas. For sure. Shout out to Phil. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's uh, he's great. He's really been like such a good friend to us, you know, early on and a supporter and you know helping us he's out. Definitely listening right now too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And For sure. Inertia on there is like one that really gives me those the sunny day real estate vibes for sure. I just like all the melodic shit in balance of like the heavy driving stuff that you guys seem to to put out. Like that dynamic is uh is really fucking rad. But I do feel like there's like this um I don't know, there's like this next level or like next gear that it seems like you guys clicked in for the pay my memory tunes, like that collection of tunes. Um can you guys kind of like speak to just how shit has evolved or just like, was there a different approach at all to making that record? Or is it just kind of like the same, same formula that you guys always get together for making a record together? Um, it was the same formula. We maybe uh, carved out some more time to actually uh, write because we knew we wanted to put out a record uh, in 2020. So we kind of took the last half of 2019 to really finish off probably the last like four or five songs that we wanted to do. It's the same approach, but we took a totally different way to record it than we did Godspeed. Godspeed we recorded 
we spent way too much time on it and just like over yeah. months because we would do like one little thing and then we wouldn't work on it again for a week or two and it was just so long and it, i love the way it came out and i love that record but we did all the entirety of pay my memory in three days the recording the yeah. recording of it and um I think just because we knew that we we had three days to do it, we recorded with uh, John Meredith in uh, Queens. He did a really great job, and uh, we, I think just getting it tight because we knew we only only had this time. Mm. We had to get in and get out, and uh, I think I don't know, but the way it came out, you could tell that there's a sense of like we were, we had everything down, yeah, polished, and sense of urgency to get it done. And I I, I love the way it sounds. Yeah. We also did it um, all, all the basic tracks live because that was kind of the vibe. Like, like Tim yeah. said, we stopped we stopped playing shows. The last show we played was in December of 2019, and you know we were really just focused on the writing and getting the songs tight. So when we went in, like over the span of like two weekends, we the first weekend I think we knocked everything out, right? Pretty much, we knocked all the music out in two weekends. Yeah. And we did that live in like a real small room, but sounded great. Yeah. And then we did obviously overdubs and, you know, added some tracks and then we did vocals separately, but that was different. Like then we did Godspeed, we did Godspeed track by track. And um, I think when you do it that way, like you have, it just opens itself up to like focus on like every little thing, you know, when you play live and you get a good take, it's just like, Hey, it's got a good take. So just yeah. move on, you know? So that was kind of like one of the first times then like going in and trying to really capture as much of the live tracks as possible that you were playing together to build off of. Yeah. I, well, we did uh, like Falling Swingers and uh, the split songs with Phil, who we did all those live as well, I think, too. Yeah. Um, I think with Godspeed, it was just... Uh, based on everyone's schedules and stuff, which kind of like piecemealed it along. So, uh, but yeah, when we, I mean, even going into Godspeed, we were well rehearsed on like all those songs and stuff, but it was just more planning and scheduling with everyone's conflicts and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, we, we were practicing. I had a house at the time that we were practicing at and we had all our stuff there. And we also recorded Godspeed there. So there was no like real sense of urgency. It was just kind of like, yeah, instead of practice, we'll just record. Like, let's For just sure. do this guitar track. And well, it would paint my memory. We actually would book time, you know, had to pay for it. <laughs> We're like, all right, these are the two weekends and we better be fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> One major difference. Um, from Godspeed to Paint My Memory is that we demoed songs for Paint My Memory. We had never done That's that true. before. That's true. So we were more prepared in that sense. We kind of did it and then we were like, all right, we should maybe do this a little different, maybe add something here. I had like added more vocals. You know, I was like, you know, we just added that little, those little extra touches. And I think that was you know, helpful for this record. So yeah, it turns out demoing songs helps you. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. So yeah, that was a good move. Well, especially when you only have like a few days and you're on that, that time crunch, yeah. but right. yeah. Cause like having right. too much time sometimes is like, is overwhelming. Yeah. Cause you just want to keep changing and tweaking things. And it's like, when is yeah. this, when is this song going to be done? 
Yeah. Never. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll, John, who who produced and I not produced, but I guess maybe produced, engineered and recorded the record. Yeah. I, he was he was great at just being really matter of fact and really like unbiased and saying that's a great take like you're good move on you know and he was editing and mixing on the fly and you know by the end of that second weekend it was it was far from like a completed record but we had really solid mixes and we were feeling great about it so um, that's the difference of like you know having someone who who just knows their studio, knows how to get good sounds, and yeah, you know, made a big difference. Kind of need someone to just tell you you're done, and then right. you can move on. Otherwise, you're just going to get in your own head about everything, every For little sure. like, yeah, noise. Yeah, he was but. he. Yeah, he's a great great producer because he gets involved, you know. And he, uh, we would do a track, you know. We would we had the you know the full take, the live take, and then we'd come back the next day and be like, hey, I uh. I had a little acoustic guitar behind this one part. Like, tell me what you think. You don't have to leave it, but let me know. And like, we were like, this is sick. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think it was one of the, it was like a couple of the songs. He did some, some stuff like that. And it came out really cool. He was very involved and really uh, was just a fan, you know, right off the bat. He was like, we knew, we've known John for years. We used to play with his band earworms and Swaka back in the day when we had like first started. And he was always into us and said that he would, uh, he was like, I need to record you guys one day. You know, he also did Crowbait, our buddies, uh, this band Crowbait, Mike Dumps, you know, from Dead Broke Records, he's in, was in this band Crowbait that uh, John had, John had recorded and it was, it's a, it's a great record. It sounds amazing. It's really good. Check that out. If you, uh, if you don't know it. What's the name of the record, Frank? Crowbait. Uh, what is it? A thousand fucking, <laughs> what's in the, <laughs> a thousand windows? No, that's uh, a thousand windows. A thousand fucking windows. windows. It's red pepper, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's bell pepper. Yeah. <laughs> what is the name of that? Staring down the halls of fate, or something like that. I think that's Sli- right. Sliding. I think you knew it. Sliding. Sli- I know. I'm, I'm being. <laughs> you have to look it up. It's too modest. Sliding down the walls of fate. Them down the halls of fate. Great. Crowbait. Just band camp. Crowbait band camp. Do that. Okay. Well, it sounds really great. The yeah, record sounds stuff. really fucking good. Um, cool. And. Yeah, I just like completely agree. It's always nice when you have like that outside set of ears, like somebody that's just in the room to be like, yo, you got the feel of the song. And it's like all that really matters when you're doing those live tracks is that you got yeah. something rad to like build off that, you know, doesn't feel like all the energy has been sucked out. Nah, he, he knew um, the vibe we were going for too. And yeah. so it was really easy to work with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I definitely want to play... I think 422 is is definitely up there as my favorite track on the record. So I want to play that one in <clears throat> I want to play that one in full for sure. Yeah.
like jump right back into it or if you guys want to take a second or whatever. Connor, Connor has to go wee-wee. Uh, All right, now we can really talk. So, guys, tell me about Connor and his flaws as a uh, bandmate. He's a sweet man. He's actually the coolest one out of all of us. (laughs) Yeah, he's single, ready to mingle. (laughs) Connor writes the the craziest riffs. Like, we we were just... (laughs) We were at practice before, yeah. He's like, he can write him because his pinkies are all fucked up. So uh, <laughs> they reach weird frets. Yeah, that's the problem with like being a guitar player. Like in this band, is because everyone writes stuff, and they're all there. Yeah, and Tim, Tim is a great guitar player, and Connor's a really great guitar player, and Frank's obviously a really great guitar player, and then. But they'll all we all bring riffs to the table that you just have to like everyone's got a very distinct style, so it's like like weird chords or like ways that you would like Tim comes up with shit that I was like, I would never play that. Like how the fuck am I supposed to learn that? Like Yeah. But it's like that, you know, that's kinda I think a cool thing about our band is that it's not just like someone brings in a song, fully baked song to the table and just says, you know, play this. It's everyone's bringing riffs, you know. And yeah, songs really, you know, which is great. But Frank, are you the only one that's doing lyrics and things like coming yeah. up with the melodies for the vocals and whatnot? Yeah, that's pretty much all me. Um, you know, we all bring stuff to the table. We all, you know, write like you know, we're all guitarists, like they said. Um, but yeah, for vocals, it's really just me. You know, I try to get John to sing a little bit try to get Connor into it a little bit, but Connor's actually recorded on some of the tracks. Connor's done, Connor's done some, some background work there. I hear him doing those yelling gang vocals, you know, yeah, those backup yeah. vocals. Yeah, that's Connor. Hell He's yeah. got a good voice. Thanks. Uh, no, but none of us sing, none of the other of us sing. I sang uh, backup vocals on a um, Tom Petty cover song that we did <laughs> in, some, in someone's basement, like seven years ago <laughs> and then i sang a song frank and i did an oasis cover band for halloween and i sang uh a song that noel would sing and it was really bad so i never since then <laughs> uh, i i've I'm not gonna sing we did you that at bar so fucking cool, though. oh yeah it didn't matter <laughs> but my dad my dad this is a funny story my dad was there at like halloween at like this local bar because you know he's hanging out at the local bar and we're playing this fucking you know a cover set He's like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you guys sounded really good. It was pretty good, you know? It sounded like the Beatles or something. But, uh, you know, that's that other, the backup singer. Like, what was going on with him? Is he okay? What's happening? <laughs> uh, that's called being really drunk. But he's like, <laughs> yeah. The solo was, the solos were great. I was like, yeah, that was him too. He's like, oh, well, listen, you take what you can get, you know? John, were you in a hot dog costume? I was dressed up as a, a potato. A potato. Okay. Oh, wow. oh yeah. <laughs> that was the joke. Like you know, I don't know if you're into Oasis at all, but uh, no, Liam. Uh, for a minute there on Twitter, Liam was calling Noel a potato, like pretty regularly. So I I dressed up as a potato. Yeah, that Oasis documentary is a trip. I don't know. Supersonic. If any of you guys, yeah, yeah. That shit is fucking wild. Just the fights that those dudes would get into with each other. They're fucking, they're the best. (laughs) (laughs) 
Frank, is it any more like difficult for you to come with like lyrics or melodies when you're working off of maybe someone else's musical idea? You know, it can be. I actually really enjoy it. You know, it's like it's like a fresh kind of I can come to it without any preconceived ideas or anything, you know, and usually when they write something, it's really great. So it's kind of easy to kind of put, you know, a good melody over it or something like that. So it's great. You know, I uh, I enjoy doing it, writing lyrics for other people, you know, for their their songs. Yeah. Were you always uh, like growing up? Were you always that person? kind of fronting a band or writing lyrics at least and writing no. songs? I was always writing. Yeah. I remember when I was like a little kid, like pretty much Tim probably remembers when I would like make songs on that program, that uh, website Tabit. I used to do that when I was like 11 and 12 and uh, I like loved it. I would get so in depth with it, but uh, I always, you know, I grew up around music. My, my dad loves to like sing and do karaoke and his father was like a musician. So, you know, he's always, he, he early on, my father got me into like, you know, 60s and 50s and Motown and doo-wop and like, you know, Beatles and Stones and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and a lot of dis- disco. <laughs> <laughs> so was, was Somerset the first time that you had fronted a band? No, actually, I was in a really bad like punk rock cover band. Like we covered like Rancid and Blink-182 and No Effects when I was like 12 called Alien Circumcision. <laughs> and uh that i sang for that band Fuck and i wrote yeah, like dude. a couple Fuck songs yeah, I hear wait that. the best the best part is that you ever called alien <laughs> circumcision and you like abbreviated it to acs yeah. acs that's not how you spell circumcision <laughs> yeah like it could have just been ac but i don't know why i think i think the no, drummer like, that band was a psycho the decision and... part of circumcision is it's not a separate yeah right right decision <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense how, no matter how you look at it we were yeah. very young and very dumb <laughs> but that's um, awesome. the acc is a football conference too so yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was uh and then i sang for another like kind of kind of like post hardcore metalcore band and when i was in high school and uh i didn't i sang like a little bit in that it was you know it was like kind of like a poison the well a little bit really bad i don't think it's on uh, i don't think they believe you fifth and final yeah there's like some little singy parts you know oh man that shit was really good yeah really good good. and uh you know we were all you know Uh, it was like 2002 2003 you know vitalo big influence on that that was <laughs> that was the band Tim used to be in with Chris Smith, the guitarist of Backtrack. That was like they were the coolest band in uh, Lindenhurst in two thousand like three. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Were you pretty comfortable though being being like the like fronting the band and being that person? No, not really. But uh, I like to do it. You know, it's fun. It's just what I do. I've always liked to just you know at a party, pick up a guitar and be like, yo, check this out. Like, look at this. You know, people are like, what the yeah. fuck? You know, you're really comfortable doing that. At yeah. Parties, so. You have no problem with that. No, I, I'm a, you know, he's I'm a, a natural Wonderwall. born performer. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> wonderful. John actually just got me into Oasis like a few years ago. I never got <laughs> no, into you, Oasis. It does nothing to do with Oasis. It's the Wonderwall. You're the, I'll be playing, I'll be playing Pantera domination in the corner or like probably every Beatles no. song. It'd be every Beatles song and not a yeah. surf. <laughs> and not a surf is that what you just said? Yeah, I'll play you any. Yeah. I'll play you any song. You know what really. I'm playing. I'll figure it out. It'll be wrong. He's, but he's got a good ear. I'll sing it yeah. for you. 
I'll go heavy with the Nada Surf. Yeah, I just know. bought the weight as a gift on vinyl like last week. Oh hell yeah, man! Nice. Love that band. Yeah, we. I think that's, there's a few bands that we all like. Love. That's one of them for sure. I wouldn't say I love Nada Surf. Oh, all right. There it goes. Well, then I really? Just, you don't love Nada Surf? <laughs> no. We don't have to <laughs> get into this. I like Nada Surf. I don't uh, love them. But great. he doesn't love them. He's no, they're, say he they're, loves them. They're great. Yeah. I, well, I, I think what I meant to say. Right. Okay, fair I enough. I don't think Tim loves anything. I really. want to be careful of my words. at the heart of it. I don't want to just throw love around. Yeah. All right, baby. There's a few bands that we all like really look to and, and like I think that were like inspiring, especially like, like talking about this band and stuff like that. And, you know, like yeah. Pixies and Fugazi and Corn Flyleaf. Yeah. Great <laughs> yeah. white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tattoo. Wow. We're all, we're all really oh, yeah. all, the, net, all the fucking greats. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. dude. Amazing. Dope. Chevelle. Dope. You know? Cold Puddle chain. Yeah. Mushroom head. Yeah. <laughs> These are the kings. What about zebra head though? Zebra head. Zebra head has tracks. Hey, listen, okay, I saw right. zebra head open up for 311 in 2000. So yeah, Whoa. you can count me in as. That's heavy. <laughs> That's heavy. Rock and roll. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. Alien Ant um, Farm. They were. They're actually good too. They're from the city that I grew up in. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Them and lit. That's amazing. Oh, that makes so much sense. Man, we're all on the same page about they were. I got a, I oh, got yeah. a story about that I can't even get into it. Right my now, top, so. yeah. One of my top five Dude. karaoke songs is My Own Worst Enemy. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's I'm, saying a lot. I'm a zip line. <laughs> says a lot. And also, Alien Amphorm, what's that song? The, uh, the movies or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That song is fucking awesome. Yeah. They also wrote that, that hit, Smooth Criminal. Yeah, they wrote that. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. Were, yeah. I think the bass player for Alien Ant Farm is the coolest fucking guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy went to my high school. <laughs> we'll all die on, on that hill. You've never, yeah, uh, yeah you've he never has a soul a patch that I've bass move like that. Yeah, he fucking good call, Tim. That guy rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try to harness that energy, you know, when we play live. <laughs> That's actually what this is all about. <laughs> we only took the Get podcast because we knew guy. we yeah. knew you had some kind of deep ties to AAF. Oh yeah, yeah. you got guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're you know high school alumni. Right. They graduated like a few years ahead of me. Wow. Exactly. We're basically like That's friends. Awesome. I'm friends with those guys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. You got to feature that song off. though. Now we gotta cut it. Oh, it's it's cutting in for sure. And just like the movies. <laughs> it's fucking happening, dude. I, you know what? I'm glad that this happened because last week I had the opportunity to uh, to put like Linkin Park's Crawling into the episode. Like, we oh were my talking god, about, we were talking Frank about like it. them and System of a Down with this other band from the East Coast uh, called Same. They're from Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah. I, I missed that opportunity though. I thought about doing it. So I just really appreciate wow. now that I have some, like I have this moment to provide everybody with like this, this time where we get to listen to alien ant farm. In the middle <laughs> of this yeah. fucking conversation. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> 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 
That's There's so many games. better bands awesome. to plug, but that's awesome. You know, that's, <laughs> that's why it's good. That's why yeah, it is it's awesome. Perfect. It's amazing. Do you remember? This is just, I know this is a stupid tangent, but do you remember the video they had where they like, I guess they kind of like just took the BET awards by surprise and like played on the roof during like the, yes. when everyone was walking in and it's just so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And like, there's like a new the the whole video. video. Yeah. Did you yeah, say the, the music B- video. Did you say the BET awards? Yeah. Yeah. The BET for awards, they played on the roof and as everyone was walking in and like the cops shut it down, it was like, they filmed it for this video. So if you like, I forget what song it is, but you could just type in, you know, whatever. And then for a music video oh, and look yeah. for like, it's like a news so story or something. Just type the first in time. Alien and Farm BET Awards. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know what? I'll put the link <laughs> in the episode notes right again. right <laughs> under right under the links for your guys' videos. I'll put that yeah, link in there matter. as yeah. well. Yeah. Put the, like, put that. That's smart. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it goes like the Beatles on the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. You too. <laughs> Alien and Farm. I'm just going to make a playlist. Just, like, we fucking nailed yeah. it, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's right. I yeah, what, it. what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, so I think good. this is. Yeah, when are the BT awards? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. So good. Um. Also, I've recently been plugging that that Vice now has this whole series where they're like talking to bands about their iconic songs, like similar to a Song Exploder podcast. If you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with that, yeah. but they recently did a. Uh, Papa Roach's Last Resort. So there is like a 20 minute dramatized documentary style thing on the Last Resort. And it is very fucking like it's so next level. Should <laughs> we all go watch it right now? It's, we'll, it's come great. Back and do yeah. it. we'll take a break. Like, yeah. We'll have so much to talk about after that. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's actually stupid they didn't hit me up about that. <laughs> 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 same as a Papa Roach historian yeah <laughs> I, was, I remember being in the 6th grade cafeteria just fucking losing my shit when yeah. that song would come on yeah, so funny just so, he actually oh, has man. Jacoby tattooed on his chest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jacoby and then right on the back says Shattuck, Shattuck. oh man <laughs> I, I definitely got like a picture with that dude at one of the NAMM shows in California oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah I had what? to like you go to NAMM shows? I've been once. Uh, I used uh, to live um, like 20 minutes from where that goes in on. Anaheim? And, yeah, I lived in Riverside. Corona, oh, to be specific. That's where Alien yeah, yeah. Farm's we're, from. So, oh, shit. Yeah, that's where uh, the Fender factory I work yeah. in the music industry. I've been, I've been oh, to cool. like 14 NAMM shows or some shit. I've only been once, and it's because my buddy's dad works for at that Fender warehouse and like yeah. we just use his pass but yeah jacoby was there and i was like definitely getting a fucking picture with this guy let's go yeah damn is the place to do that that's for sure get the picture you never have to go back to another fucking nam show you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, right you what's Done. what's gonna be better than that one yeah hell yeah <laughs> um anyway Frank, I dig your lyrics, man. I dove, in, I dove into them, you know, just to oh, like nice. get us somewhere back into, you know, the Somerset stuff. I, I, uh, I dig the lyrics. I was, I was looking at some of the stuff off Godspeed and kind of really uh, appreciated some of like the angsty, religious shit, like in Eject. Yeah. Thanks, uh, man. I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you like them. Yeah, I like that <laughs> med- that medicated blood you drink line. 
is yeah, you know, is very cool. I you know, I really didn't know what to write lyrics about when we first started this band. You know, I was like, it's very like politically driven and like, you know, I guess definitely religion was always a thing because I grew up uh, like, you know, in a religious family or whatever. And I always kind of just since I was like 12, I was like, you know, this stuff is kind of bad. And but, you know, as I grew up, I you know, as I get old, as I get older, like I understand why people need it and I don't judge. But, uh, you know, just for me, I just feel like it was always kind of a, a strange thing, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But I like that song. Jack. I like those lyrics. For sure. I think I identified with it for the same reasons, just because like acknowledging that, you know, anything that gets that big, like religion, it's like there's yeah. obviously a lot of like toxic bullshit in it. And the extremism right. like in any large group is, is yeah. pretty fucking awful. But then there's also like, yeah, some people get something really good out of religion and they actually right. like, you know, align with the the core tenets of that shit and you know, yeah. live live the thing. So, yeah. The hypocrisy is, you know, is there. And then, but also the, you know, like I look at somebody like my mom or something and I understand why you'd want to believe in something like that. You know what I mean? So I try not to judge now. That song was actually, it's an older song that was recorded with the, um, we had that for a while before, you know, before Godspeed was recorded. It was, uh, that was Phil Douglas. In, uh, 2015. Right. And Phil Douglas recorded until uh, August 2018. So yeah, yeah right, right. Been around. say like speaking of that we put that demo out in 13 but we also recorded that seven inch i think in 13 we said that earlier right yeah we we yeah. i guess we we started it in 2013 probably finished it in like january 2014 or something like that we had a we had a little period there where we were sitting on a lot of recordings yeah yeah that record didn't come out until march of 2015 so it was over two years or about two years old yeah that's what it's like when you look at like oh we've been around a long time but you know I don't know we just said we just had trouble I think putting stuff out for the first few years and yeah then when we were starting it's like you know no one's gonna go out and be like oh like let me put out your record and immediately put it out like they're gonna be like yeah I'll put it out yeah. and put it behind and other things they're releasing and then it'll come out yeah. right. a year later and it's like okay you know that's fine but um I guess then once we start, I mean, same thing with Godspeed. It took a long time for that record to come out as well, but True. we, uh, we got lucky. Dead, Dead Broke has put out everything we've done. And, uh, this last, uh, pay my memory we did, uh, with Dead Broke and Triple B and, yeah. um, they were both super cool and we, you know, came up with a time limit them and we put it out exactly when we wanted to. So, you know, getting, getting easier each time we record something to put it out when we want. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that's also just rad, you know, from just kind of starting this band so that you guys could all just keep playing music with no like real like 
goal in mind and you know having some people that actually support it as well and want to like keep putting out your records is very cool yeah we would like to play as much as possible like i think that the goal is to just play as much as possible and put out as much as possible but you know obviously it's just we're constrained because of you know our age and jobs and everything so it's um yeah life covid bullshit right frank we're all 20 uh, (laughs) we're all 26 so you know yeah yeah me me too frank yeah Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so it's you know you know we i'd I'd like to tour or at least play like out and about one season i'd like to go to portland and play a fucking show that'd be cool you know yeah yeah. right so we'll take whatever we can get like people offer us like weekends here and there we're willing to drive we're willing to like make it work to play, drive you know, Portland. yeah, yeah drive there. there. Fuck it. Port- Portland, Portland, Maine. Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Portland. I'd rather drive to Portland, Oregon than Portland, Maine. Yeah. <laughs> I always admired though the the East Coast bands and just the amount of city like cities that are close to each other, like major cities, and being able to do kind of those weekend tours yeah. Yeah, more efficiently. It's pretty, you know? yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. We've, we've done it a couple times. It's really times. nice when you could just do Philly, New York, Boston, and it's like every drive is two hours. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, it's nice. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're hitting like substantial Very, cities that have scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. played Philly a couple yeah, times. Philly's, Philly's awesome. You know, we played Boston a few times. It's awesome. You know? Yeah. Those are just like quick weekend things for us. And again, like we were saying before, like that's just fun. That's just like, oh, we get to go weekend and hang out and like rent a minivan and fucking yeah get an airbnb and get drunk like that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure well i can't say like enough great things about the paint my memory record like i honestly listen to it all the time and i think there's just like so many killer moments like throughout it that i kind of look forward to in each song when i'm listening to it like uh like a minute and a half into Plaster Saint, there's that part where everything kind of like lays back and and gives some some room to breathe for like the vocal and the melody, and then like builds back up. those moments um who sa- who sings on plaster saint 
it's our friend someone? Tom. Okay, because he also he is that the same dude that sings in the video, the live. Yeah. That's Tom. Yeah. He sang in the band in the well. He sings in the band Indecision, and he sang in Most Precious Blood. Uh, and we've always been big fans of those bands, and went to go see his bands growing up. So, yeah. I had the idea for Plaster Saint, and I was like, I want to get Tom to sing on this. I wrote a, you know, I wrote the lyrics, and he, I we sent him the demo, and he was all about it. You know, he's been supportive of us, you know, since he heard us, and he's a friend, you know. Yeah, that song's fucking rad. And then like the breakdown section of Lucky You. There's like all those cool guitars kind of having a conversation with each other that happens. Connor Freeman. Connor Freeman. That's, wrote that's, Connor, that's Connor. Crazy hands. Good work. Yeah, Good work, Connor. <laughs> Coming through. Yeah, look at this. 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 You can hold two basketballs <laughs> with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> this will make up for all the fucked up shit they said while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't piss on myself. I didn't piss on myself, and uh, I think that's a win. I think that's definitely a win. Chalk it up as a dub. Yeah. Um, Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to hang and talk to me about how your band started. And, yeah, just, you know, you guys have obviously been hanging out and playing music together for a long time in different circles or whatever. But I always think that's really cool to, like, find the people that – kind of keep going back to that like no matter how old you get or if you have day jobs or if you have kids or wives or whatever like it's uh it's cool to see the people that like just keep digging into it thanks a lot man yeah thanks yeah, for thank having you, man. it was awesome i want to play it out with the last song on the record which is say hello nice um this is like another one of those tracks that um definitely hit hard for me gives me those like nirvana and smashing pumpkin vibes for sure um but yeah just like another another track that i dug off this thing quite a bit um but i'd encourage people to go check it out man and check out the rest of the somerset catalog there's a lot of music to dig into if you're if you're brand new to to the band and i'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh can keep up with what you're doing and yeah, hopefully if we ever get back to some sense of normal, you'll be playing shows and shit again. And if you ever make it to Portland, Oregon, let me know. I'll help yeah, you set yeah. up a show or whatever needs to happen. So 100%. I can see a, a Somerset good, man. thrower show in the flesh would be rad. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guests of the show saying the tagline, which is it's a program. So if we could get like the, the Somerset thrower, it's a program. We can properly end this thing. If you guys want to do it all together or whatever. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get you want to do same it. page here. Are you saying program or program? Program, program with a U. Yes. Right. Program. Like, like, like pilgrim. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So count it down. <laughs> Frank. Three, two, one. It's a it's program. A program. <laughs> Perfect. That was not good. That was not. No, no. I, you guys, you know, a little late. Nope, that's the one we're keeping. You know why, one take. The feel was good. Uh, the feel was there. The feel. All right. You know what? I'm just. Frank's kidding. countdown was bullshit. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding. What are you talking about? You don't know how to count backwards. You guys can do it as many times as you want. No, the numbers are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cadence, baby. Let's go. Yeah, right, cadence was all stupid. So it's like this. Three, two, one. It's a program. It's a program. <laughs> that, was, that, was that one's also really great. Was that uh, John, John Frank, just so it. far ahead. It's I know, so I didn't good. say it. Frank, did you not say it? Listen, I said it. Frank, say it right I now. said it to myself, all right? Let's wow. just get one clean of just Frank, though. Frank, say it. It's a program. Hey, that's, <laughs> see, that's the one. I think we'll keep them all. You know, keep we'll comp them, them together. And, Perfect. Uh, so put a little echo yeah. on there. Yeah, absolutely. Auto tune on it. Be cool. Got to get the basses from Alien Ant Farm to say it. I think he'll nail it. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna say it with his low G string. Yeah. <laughs> his fifth <laughs> string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh that's Somerset Thrower, everybody. We're gonna play it out with uh Say Hello off their Pay My Memory record, which is uh, available on all the streaming services, and you can uh pick up a vinyl record as well or some other merch. I'll put all those links in the episode notes so uh you can get after it. And that's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, New York, wherever you are listening to this from. Cool. Thank you guys. Nice, yeah. man. Thanks, man. That was awesome, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, Thanks, man. man. That was a lot of fun.
Hey, just want to give a big shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to DistroKid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that DistroKid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with DistroKid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to DistroKid. Stay up, stay tuned.